Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Charlotte. Our pronouns are she, her. This is Demythifying. The podcast where two best friends talk mythology, go off on tangents, and hope to bring a little bit more forgotten magic to the world. So hi everyone. On today's episode, we invite Afro-Myths to join us. So firstly, thank you, Ajua and Solomon. Thank you so much for being here. We are so excited to talk to you. No worries. It's our pleasure. Yeah, we're so excited. (laughs) To kick things off, please can you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Okay, so I'm Ajua. And I'm Solomon. And we are Adachi Atelier. So we're a creative couple who paint and tell stories all to do about African mythology and folklore. Yeah, so yeah, we do paintings, we tell stories and we learn we learn together yeah. as we're going through this journey, sort of. So yeah, we do a lot of things. Yeah. And hopefully we can tell you some about it today. <laughs> cool. Our motto is our motto is embracing the wonderful world of African mythology. That's what we do. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely. And because I'm really nosy, how did this start? Were you creative separately and then you got together, or did you get together and think, actually, this is something we could do? Oh, it's a bit of both, actually. Yeah. Um, so we were both like artists separately. Um, so he was more like a, a photorealist artist, and I did illustrations and stuff. And then we actually met at architecture school, so in yeah. university. Yeah. And then, yeah. We just... and then, yeah. So, we, yeah, we just met, we started, you know, just talking a lo- little bit more. And then I think one day I said I wanted to do more like colorful paintings and then Adra literally just went off and bought canvas and yeah. paints and we had like a um wine and um what is it sip um, and paint, paint, sip and paint that's it yeah. sip and paint sort of thing and so we just painted together and it came off really really nicely and we really enjoyed what we created together yeah. so we did a few more of those and then you know as we sort of went along we started to realize that some of the works that we were doing were inspired by you know like African mythology and heritage Um, but we realized that we didn't know enough about about it and you know it's a really valid question when you know asked you know do you know any African gods or any African myths and I literally drew a blank yeah it's so awkward and we're just like oh I don't know we can tell you like all the Greek ones yeah (laughs) because like absolutely love Greek myths you know the Norse myths and all the heroes and tales but, but with African when, mythology, yeah, we were just like... Mm, just drew a blank. Yeah. So we thought, you know what? We need to correct this. So yeah. we sort of did the work ourselves to try to find out yeah. a little bit more about... It started with, you know, our own cultures and, you know, the sort of the traditional myths or stories behind it. And then we started to delve out into, you know, um, other cultures as well, because, you know, I think it's just, it's a bit more than just about us. I think we could try to cover the whole continent as much as we can as well because there's mm-hmm. so many beautiful stories myths origins and yeah. traditions that you know not many people know about um and so yeah we try to um tell those stories I'm obsessed watching the little videos that you guys have on Instagram of the two of you <laughs> painting together like before you came on we, me and Charlotte were just saying we don't think we could do it with our partners because it would just like we'd argue and it would go terribly so yeah I'm obsessed watching watching the two of you I think it's it's so much fun to watch <laughs> thank you thank, thank you, you so thank much <laughs> it is really fun to do a lot of people do say like oh how do you guys paint together like I just couldn't do it but I feel like because we kind of it's weird I feel like we have the same brain or the, we're on yeah, the same wavelength, same wavelength. So it's just very easy to kind of 
know what to do and like yeah, work just together. navigate yeah. around each yeah. other and it sort of just plays on each other's strengths and weaknesses and it just works yeah. like sometimes if it just works don't question it too much <laughs> <laughs> and what actually inspires you both to be creative in this way Ooh. Ooh, I think well for me I feel like it was like a lack of representation I've always been creative I think you have to and we kind of are kind of creative in our own like professional careers as well with architecture but I feel like in terms of arts and painting um, especially you know in high school when you do A-level art and GCSE art there's never any black artists or black paintings that you know I felt like could visually represent me um, so I think that was my main inspiration yeah you? yeah no no definitely I think that is definitely the biggest inspiration for me as well it's it's sort of the idea that you know when you sort of think about religion or mythology um and you know sort of like black people in that space you just realize that you know it is saturated you know with a lot of you know white figures or um sort of white imagery and I think there's something about only seeing only thinking of your representation of a deity or the highest power as something that doesn't reflect you and so we sort of have that ability to sort of present that you know in a you know another way where you can sort of see yourself in your vision of what you see as you know an, a higher power and um, without you having to stop and think oh this is weird or this is strange or this is other it should just yeah. be a natural yeah. you know extension of what you're you know you can sort of imagine in your in your brains and I guess just a slight tangent it's like you know when like you can see what Black Panther sort of really did for um, yeah, like yeah. the yeah. Black community just because and that's just seeing a hero depicted as someone um, that looks like them so I think an extension to that is when you start seeing you know all these religions or you know your you know your vision of what a deity could yeah. look like or higher power could look like as yourself so that's sort of an extension of that. Black Panther is amazing. And one of the best Marvel films as well, exactly. can I say. Good. Definitely your favourite. How do you decide what, who you're going to paint? And so how long do your paintings take roughly? Is there a sort of time frame or? Hmm, okay, so for the first question, I feel like we, we started um, this whole series kind of exploring our own heritage so I'm from Ghana and he's from Nigeria so I think naturally we just started with the pantheons in those countries um which still even though there's two countries there's a lot within them like Africa is just such a massive continent and like each country has their own tribe and each tribe has their own like pantheons so it's just so much to cover which is exciting but we just wanted to start with what we knew like the little we knew and the what we were comfortable with which is our own heritage um so we just started with the Orishas which are um from the Yoruba pantheon in Nigeria mm-hmm. and then as we kind of grew you know on social media and got some people who were also interested um we just now take suggestions from people because there's a lot of people luckily out there who like are aware of their own pantheons from their own countries so they kind of say oh can you paint this deity or can you paint this deity and then yeah we can take it from there yeah yeah and sometimes you sort of read a story or a myth or um, sort of like you know you read something and the imagery just seems so powerful that we're almost like compelled to want to 
depict that as well so sometimes it sort of comes from that as well because we read a lot of um sort of like yeah. mythology and you know folk tales as part of like the podcast and um some of the background research that we do anyway and then sometimes like halfway through reading you're, you're like that would be That'd such be a beautiful thing, painting yeah. <laughs> and that sort of leads us to yeah. sort of just go straight to the drawing board and sort of knock yeah. out concepts and the painting is like Hmm, how long do they take? I feel like our first series we did like one a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is crazy because I think we we're both at uni at the time, so we had the time to do one <laughs> painting a day. But now we work full time, it just takes yeah, longer. Yeah, it takes a lot longer. And because the ones that we're doing lately are a lot more detailed than what yeah. we sort of started yeah. with, because there's so much more we want to sort of bring into um the paintings and so much more we want to sort of bring to life that it takes considerably longer I don't know how to I'd say probably like anywhere from like a couple weeks to a month yeah Yeah. sometimes longer sometimes Sometimes we freeze one start new one and sort of come back to it when yeah when inspired or we're added on on TikTok or (laughs) 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 and how do your paintings link to your podcast so we actually started our podcast because of the paintings so Like the very first few episodes we did were actually all based on the paintings we had done. So we had done like, um, as we said, a few paintings of the Orishas and also one of Nephsis, mm-hmm. um, which is an Egyptian goddess. And we were like, oh my gosh, these stories are so great. Like we just need to tell them. So each episode kind of covered the painting we did and the more deity behind that. that. Yeah. yeah. And then we just explained like more about the deity um yeah, but then, and then yeah and some folk tales at yeah, the end as well just 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 to sort of get that rounded experience um, yeah. so that's why you know the podcast was named art mythos yeah because so we used to explore you know our artwork and then the stories um and yeah, mythology exactly. behind it but then we just came across so many different stories and deities that obviously we couldn't paint so we, we were like okay that fast. can't do that so <laughs> we just need to tell them anyway <laughs> Hence, do we change the name to Afro mythos? Yeah, and it sort of just opens up the world to you know just more African mythology yeah. in 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 general. So, and do you have any favorite myths from the ones that you've done so far? Some that you're looking to explore? Mm, yeah. So, I think my favorite myth, like of all time, I haven't really found one to top it yet, is of um, the Arisha Eshu. So, I don't know if you're aware of Eshu. We've come across. I've got I'm not gonna lie I've got one African myth book (laughs) and I haven't got all the way through it yet yeah yeah that looks so colorful it's really pretty they do they do a series they've got they've got Persian Mesopotamian Norse right okay that's literally one we don't have okay I have to get that (laughs) but um yeah my favorite myth is of Eshu who's like so he's um a Yoruba Arisha and he's like a trickster figure so um think I don't know who's he who could I compare him to like uh Loki Loki yeah I don't know just more trickster type yeah and um so there's this myth of him where he um painted half of his body red and half of his body black and like he wore like half red clothes and half black clothes and then he ran through the land of his followers and naturally half of them saw him as a black deity and half of them saw him as a red deity and they would get into this big argument about like, oh, Eshu's red. No, he's black. And then they would literally kill themselves over it. They'd fight over it. Um, and <laughs> so the story ends with Eshu just like telling his followers, look, 
um, it's all about perspective. You have to be more open. Um, you can't just believe in what you see and you can't be narrow-minded. Um, and yeah. you kind of just tricked them. Well, there's way. actually, there, there's, there's two, two endings to that story. <laughs> One is that he came back and said, yeah. oh yeah, you know, if, you know, if you took the time out to sort of talk to each other, you realize that you might have both seen something different yeah. and you'd get a more rounded perspective of, you know, the full picture of who Eshu is as both red and black. And black yeah. The other one is that he let them massacre each other and just went to the next village. Yeah. So that, you know, humanity learns a lesson in general. But yeah, that's, that's definitely my favorite myth. Yeah. Mine is a slightly cannibalistic one. <laughs> And, <laughs> um, and it's it's the story of of Uwu from um the Karachi people slash Togo people. And it's the one it's titled like How Death Um First Entered the World. And it's yeah, it's to do with like a young man. Um he sort of just went out to try find food for his family and he stumbles by this giant called Uwu, who's the representation of death and the Uwu gives him food to eat and you know it's the best food he's ever eaten um but he has to do some work for um this giant eventually he gets homesick goes home but Uwu said he has to be replaced by I don't know like his brother or his sister and then so he does this two times so his sister comes back um sort of replaces him he goes home comes back and then he can't find his sister he does it again um can't find his brother um but best meat of his life um and he's just enjoying it and then yeah and then one day I think um yeah he comes back and he realized that he's eaten his his siblings basically um and then yeah and then so eventually the villagers sort of come to try to I guess like see what's happening and then they burn Uwu, Uwu down because obviously you can't be eating people and all that. And then eventually in the end, it says that, oh yeah, Uwu, um, one eye opens. Um, yeah, just one eye opens and closes and blinks. And that's every time Uwu blinks, it's a person dies. And so it's just like, it's a long-winded story, but it's, it's so only the end that sort of relates to the title of the story or the, or the moral of the story. But I just, it's a really... Like when you delve deep into the story, it's a really interesting story, but I always find it interesting how sometimes the moral of the story is modelled in a really big, long way of yeah. going about it. Um, but it's always interesting, especially with death stories, that people are trying to sort of explain why people die in really elaborate ways. And yeah, it's just how they come up with it is is, is amazing to me. As I said before we started recording, I think I just happened to pick the episodes that were about cannibalism. <laughs> it's either that or the ones that you picked to say on your podcast. <laughs> and again, you you picked it again. So maybe it's not just me. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you, you know what? It's, it, they're interesting. I'll say that. I didn't pick it for the cannibalistic reason. It's more the lessons that you can learn from it. <laughs> But there is something about stories that are a bit creepy or yeah. a little bit gross that I don't know, we just we just think as people we just like them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they compel you the most in terms of to learn a lesson if they're a bit creepier because you sort of, they stick in your head more. Yeah, that's and true. I think that's why they're good for myths because you'll learn whatever lesson it yeah. is if it's sort of more creepy and a lot of these stories were just told already so it's kind of easier to remember if there's like a kind of weird thing about it yeah but yeah 
I don't eat meat, so I'm really grateful. I'm never going to eat people. <laughs> yes, that could never happen to you ever. <laughs> Definitely not. You've done so many beautiful paintings, but do you have a favorite one that you've done that has been inspired by one of the myths? Oh, definitely. I think it would be the, um, our painting of the sun and the moon. So I'm not sure if you've seen that. Yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) But it's um, based on a Karachi folktale about how the sun and the moon fell in love. So our painting kind of just depicts um, the sun, which is the um, man and the moon, which is the woman kind of like falling through the sky. Um, But the folktale itself is very interesting. yeah it's it, it starts so beautiful. it starts so it's beautiful like, it's like the sun and the moon fell in love and decided to marry and have children and it's Aww. and it just sort of explains yeah it and it's like they christened the children as stars so that's why we have stars in the sky but then it kind of just ends with like the moon cheats on the sun <laughs> yeah and then they get into this big argument and then their children split sides so then there's like big star wars in the comments (laughs) that happens and then um the rainbow appears and that's why we have a rainbow because she kind of um yeah it's a sign of peace and she quells the conflict between the sun and the moon but yeah it's a really beautiful tale and we sort of depicted that conflict and love and and all of that in in the painting which yeah really enjoyed and it looks so good Uh, one of our best yeah there's something as well about the moon having female energy. Like it's not mm. just in in that story. It's in well, it's in Greek and possibly yeah. in others as well. It's it's interesting that yeah. that's kind of the direction that the moon is like feminine energy and yeah. the sun is like more masculine energy. Yeah, it's very true because there's even um, another like deity called Mawulisa from the Dahomey pantheon, and Mawu is meant to represent. Um, the moon and that's a female and then Lisa's yeah. meant to represent the male and that's yeah so it's, a, sun. it's yeah, a very it's, common theme it's a very, yeah and I think why in, in in that theme it, I guess when I was reading it it was like something to do with the sun being like destructive and like mm. hot and sort of it's sort of, in I guess some parts of um the country or the the culture it's like it's causing more damage in terms of like burning crops and stuff like that so it's seen as more like masculine energy and the moon is sort of calming night waves and all those other softer features which they then sort of personify as a um with feminine energy um so it's always interesting because you have to think that you know they always have to try to explain natural phenomenon in and personify them into stories in some way or form so if you put yourself in there heads like just think about what you would have landed at yeah um, yeah. if you're doing those kind of stories I would love to know like the thought process behind people like imagine now meeting someone from like an ancient African tribe or ancient Greece or Viking people and having them explain something to you that oh it's a god a god you know causes storms and you're like it's just science you would blow their mind yeah yeah and they'll explain it to you with no doubts in their mind mm-hmm. whatsoever and yeah and it's very interesting yeah it would just be interesting to see how everyone yeah. sort of explains it and what stories they sort of come up with and I guess I'm thinking how many times they would have had to repeat it to sort of master their story mm, yeah that's a good point and it would have been changed as as each person said it yeah, yeah. but you'd leave that conversation convinced though that their story 100%. was true I think. 100%. 
if someone told me an elaborate story that (laughs) I've seen in a book of how you know the yeah how how the sun sort of functions and wakes up in the morning and goes about to business I'm gonna believe that in the end like like they beautifully described it yeah in your opinion because we've we sort of said earlier that you didn't really know much of of African myths what do you think could help make classics and education more inclusive and accessible? Because it pretty much just focuses on Greek and Roman. And there is so much over the world that should be discovered by new generations. I think it should be like kind of offered to people the same way that Greek and Roman is. A hundred percent. I feel like maybe if they start by kind of diversifying the teaching materials, because there are a lot of textbooks and um, like audiobooks, physical books. There's so much information out there about, you know, different um, mythologies, different pantheons. And they're not, I guess some of them are kind of hard to um, access as we found. But if they start by kind of diversifying the materials, then I feel like it would kind of expand the curriculum and people would be able to include works from other cultures and stuff within the classics curriculum. Um, and learn about it that way yeah yeah and I also think the first step really is to sort of demystify the the fact that some people think that African mythology is sort of linked to like just like demonic or evil things Um, because I think that's the first blocker to many people because I think if you think anything that's traditional an African is like demonic or black magic or Mm -hmm. sort of with all these negative connotations it stops people from even exploring it or just looking at you know the nuances or exploring the complexity of the culture yeah and especially with a heavily sort of like Christian or um sort of yeah that mind frame it stops people from even looking in that direction and I think that's not the truth it's just it's as complex as you would see Greek mythology or Norse mythology with the stories and explanations behind it but because of the negative connotations behind it some people wouldn't even want to look in that direction and I think that's the first blocker to many people. Yeah because with our platform we obviously we try our best to you know educate people on African mythology and like a lot some of the pushback we do get is people saying oh it's demonic it's like it's evil like you can't be saying this xyz but I feel like it's it's just a really unfortunate mentality that a lot of people have and it's it's obviously going to be it's going to take a lot of work to you know expel that mentality but I think it's a big roadblock in kind of opening up African mythology to like the wider education and everyone else I think it starts with you know just breaking that down um but yeah don't know how we can do that (laughs) Yeah, it's it's with platforms like yeah. this. You know, you start with the education, and then it gives people the the opportunity to look deeper into it, yeah. um, where they wouldn't necessarily. Because, you know, a lot of people do say, "Oh, yeah, you know, you should just find out more about it." But if you've never heard of it, you wouldn't know that you should be looking for it, or you wouldn't mm-hmm. know that there's an issue. And I think that's the that's the starting point that we're at. Is just you know, people don't know that there's an issue with. Their, ment- their mentality towards it yeah I find with with Greek as well it's so you so easy to tell nice sanitized versions of there's a hero who does something like quote unquote good 
where you know some monster is slayed and it's all very lovely but actually there's rape in greek mythology stories mm -hmm. there's murder there there's cannibalism there's all that horrible stuff that has that we love but has those negative connotations so mm -hmm. it's really sad that you can kind of sanitize the greek stuff yeah when you can't do that for for other ones yeah. for other mythologies that are just given these general negative connotations yeah, it's true it's actually really yeah and it, it, it's honestly really interesting to sort of when you sort of like delve deep into it and, and sort of just think on and i guess that as we said that's the starting point you just think about you know why is that or um yeah why can't we sort of just yeah it's understanding that and seeing if that's a roadblock and how do you get past that because there's such there's interest really interesting stories that are as complex or as interesting or things that you can learn from in these other cultures that and there's so many parallels as well that is like some of the stories and deities are very very similar to like greek and norse mythology and it's just it'd be really cool if like it could sit on the same plane as it because i don't know i just feel like there's something magical about them being so similar but so different at the same time with them being at different continents and stuff so I don't know we'll see I just hope that like the world can see more of African mythology and of course other mythologies as well well we do know that the Greeks took quite a lot from Africa and from the history from the culture so do you think that may be why there's a lot of crossover they kind of incorporated it stole it and went right we're gonna do we're gonna have this one now yeah, I guess we, we've we've spoken about the idea of you know there's you know sometimes with mythology and with culture itself you know it's supposed to evolve it's supposed to be told and sort of you know sort of remixed and sort of moved on but sometimes if you refuse to acknowledge where it's sort of originally from or if I guess it's been said in a way as if it sort of started or it's originally from a certain place that's when you know some issues can start but you know as mythology is supposed to do it's supposed to be reflective of cultures which sort of intermingle with each other and they understand you know you know civilization could be somewhere you know there's people trade routes and it sort of evolves in a different place and that's you know that's the beauty that can be you know really beautiful that evolution and cross migration or pollination I'm not sure what the right word is <laughs> um I think you know that's really beautiful um but it's just I guess that learning process of you know sometimes it's good to know where something might have started from just so you can know where the nuances of why it was the way it was mm -hmm. um, yeah. in the stories well, you mentioned that people have a negative connotation for some of the African myths and Greeks tend to have a lot of monsters in and fighting the monsters and you've got the hero combating that. But then Africans tend to be more about the African myths tend to be more about relationships between humans and animals and mm -hmm. and how that all came to be. Why do you think that is? Hmm. Oh, that's a really good question. Brilliant question. There, I'm not sure if this is answering the question exactly, um, but there was something I was thinking about the other day, and it's, you know, sort of the idea, and it was to do with Earth Day, actually, and it was looking at um, a lot of the things in African mythology and their 
when they put gods in all these different you know forms of nature animals or water it just meant that they would have more reverence towards these natural entities because you wouldn't want to pollute a lake because like you believe there's a sort of like god in it that you know you'd feel the repercussions from their wrath if you sort of polluted um um that lake and and that was something I was just I was just grappling with because it was just really interesting to me to um sort of think of um but yeah Yeah, and I feel like a lot of the mythology and the stories are all all based on the way in which like people interacted with their perception of the world and how you know and their surroundings and what you know they experienced as life so I think naturally with all the um, African folk tales and mythologies you know they speak a lot about animals and the natural world because that was their experience and you know I think they really put like the natural elements on a pedestal because it kind of heavily influence their day-to-day life like you know if it rains one day then you get crops if the sun is shining then xyz so I think that's probably why yeah yeah I guess thinking of like in terms of like Greek or more western philosophy it could be more of them trying to put humanity higher than nature Mm. but not via themselves but through their depictions of God so yeah. like Zeus or whatever he will be in control of sort of it all so it's but it's still a higher version of themselves yeah. sort of thing so maybe it's just that relationship that, of yeah. like ego or you know philosophy um yeah just encapsulated into your mythology yeah I think that that makes sense because we, when Roman we have Aeneas and he was almost he was related to a god and then he ended up, his descendants founded Rome. So it was almost like the Italians were saying, we are descended from gods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. It's weird with thinking about Rome as well, because like they had, it's like they've got one point in history, then they've got Aeneas. It's like, oh, we need to fill this gap in the middle now. Let's just, let's just shove something in. Let's work out how many sort of generations of people and let's just shove stuff in. I think with Greek as well, some of it might be propaganda because I think a lot of it came from Athens and it's like sort of very Athens centric and kind of when thinking about when Athens was a big center of power and kind of using some of it to almost barbarize the East mm. around like the time of the Persian war. And then you've got stuff on the, oh God, the um, the Acropolis, what's it? the Parthenon, that's it, um, to do with like wars against centaurs. And it's kind of like this alikening of, yeah, the barbarism of the Persians and stuff like that. Because, yeah, well, Charlotte, we know that we know how Greek racist the Greeks were. <laughs> exactly, and yeah, I, I guess like linking on that, I guess you know, mythology in a way is the same way that you might have like TV or you know, like how you know it's it's just media in in a, in a different form. <laughs> It's just, but it's just imagery that goes straight into people's heads through the stories that are told. So it will definitely be heavily influenced by any propaganda or, you know, perspectives that were held at the time. Yeah. 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 Obviously, Africa is such a massive continent. So this is probably going to be an ongoing thing as you do more stories. But how are you dealing with this in terms of giving each country their own sort of time and space when researching the stories? It's definitely hard. <laughs> like, it's hard. It is really hard. Um, 
we get a lot of comments all the time saying oh you haven't like touched on this country yet or you haven't and it's like oh my god there's just so many countries in Africa and there's so many pantheons to go through um right now we kind of have just like a massive list which is massive of like um things we want to explore um and I think that's it's also a good thing because it means we'll never run out of content we'll never run out of things to say because it's kind of just never ending um but then on the other side of that it's just so hard to find information so we kind of just go off of like what is the easiest um or has the most information out there so we can build on that first um because a lot of the pantheons and stuff they just because a lot of them still practice and close religions and they're very like private so it's really hard to find certain information about yeah so I think we just go from what is the most kind of yeah. widely um, known and then we just yeah go down yeah that way. and yeah. you know it's where on this journey with everyone sort of thing it's not it's it's not just that you know we want to be the ones holding all this information um like we're very sort of transparent about yeah we're learning as we're going along on this journey yeah. um so yes you know we start with the information closest available to us um but it's really you know beautiful to see people wanting their cultures to shine as well mm-hmm. and so we try to sort of incorporate that into the information that we learn and how we sort of delivered um that information yeah um yeah is it the same so with greek myths you can have multiple versions of the same story is that the same with african myths yes definitely definitely and you have to choose which ones you sort of want to tell because sort of different tribes and cultures they might be in the same location they might be in but they'll have different nuances of whether i don't know an animal is a um tertus or if it's a if it's like a chameleon or something like that and what happens is that what they're trying to tell is slightly different Different. due to what they choose um but the higher message is still the same like they might have a different name for the higher um god but because they're so close in culture and like tradition it's the same like archetype of person um so it's so many like stories that just have different same but different type of variations like you know with the story about Oba the Orisha um she she basically ended up cutting off her ear and feeding it in a soup for her husband Shango again with the cannibalism (laughs) as you do as you do (laughs) um to try and win his love because he had like two other wives and like the story there's so many different variations of that story but like it's only like the only difference is like which wife tricked her yeah. and I think depending on which wife tricked her it's like it changes the story a little bit yeah um, and it's like so, different motive yeah. and different yeah and because different people in like the region they might venerate a different um, yeah like god a bit differently yeah. from um the others so the I guess who's directly involved in these things sort of builds a story around the character yeah. of that deity um and yes it's it's, it's interesting to learn them all yeah and it's really interesting to see people say no it didn't happen like that (laughs) and like but it's like it's really interesting because they would absolutely believe that that's the wrong story that you're telling but it's just a source because we'll tell one story and they'll they'll be like you're wrong that's not right yeah (laughs) and it's just like you just need to understand there's so many different variations yeah 
it's yeah we, we have that too but it's like the, these didn't happen they're not real <laughs> <laughs> they're so into it <laughs> can you prove that it's not real that's true i can't i can't prove exactly <laughs> exactly you ended your podcast at the beginning with african fables so do you have a favorite fable Ooh. yes you, you go first, first. Uh, <laughs> <that> first. <laughs> okay uh okay mine would be okay there's one that says uh do a good deed and throw it into the sea yeah oh I like that yeah what do you think that means I'd ask you first before I tell you I would say that it means do a good deed but don't tell anyone about it yeah keep on with your life yeah <laughs> rather than I be mean, like I did a good deed exactly something yeah. back yeah I think it just highlights the importance of doing good for other people because you want to do it not because like of what other people will see yeah so I like that one Your mine point. is um rain does not fall on one roof alone now what do you think that means Ooh. we're all in this together maybe Ooh, yeah <laughs> do you think I don't know I'm guessing <laughs> any other ideas you're not worse off than anybody else you're all kind of oh yeah maybe. suffering the same that makes more sense and like sort of just being sympathetic to other people's suffering as much as you're thinking about your own I'm making this really depressing uh, I mean I mean <laughs> I, I think it is closer um to, to that as an idea it's sort of understanding that um even though you might be going through something um don't think that it's not, don't think that you're the only one going through it, but like, let's say if we're all in a pandemic, you know, it's- If you, it happened. <laughs> if, I don't, yeah, I'm joking. If we're all in a pandemic, it's easy to think that, you know, you know, you're only, like, you're the only one struggling and, you know, like, why am I, di- like, why is it such a hard time? Um, is it only happening to me? Um, but sometimes there's, something encouraging about understanding that you know it's not just you and you know yeah other people might be going through the same thing at the same time which can you know it can bring you solace that you know it's not just you know a rain cloud over your head you know it's It's a rain cloud over everyone it's not that I've done something bad so I have bad luck or um sort of like I'm really unlucky and unfortunate you know sometimes you know other people can be going through it um and it means that you can reach out to other people to see how maybe they might be dealing with other things or just spread you know just sort of spread spread it out a bit more so it's not an isolated thing as far as I, I see it so yeah I work with someone and she's one of those who wants to compete for bad things like if you've had a bad shift or a bad day, hers is always worse. Like always, regardless. It's like, I'm not saying yours wasn't. I'm saying mine was horrible. Yeah. I'm sure yours was horrible too. Let's sympathize about it together. But no, yeah. she wants to literally compete with how, yeah. how hers was worse. Yeah. But what do you win out of that? Like realistically, exactly. <laughs> what do you Attention. win? Yeah, I suppose. I, guess so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The right to moan. <laughs> We all know someone like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that myths are having a bit of a moment? And why why are they resonating with them now? We've got more myth podcasts coming out. We've got loads of different retellings from all different cultures coming out. Hmm. I think it's like 
the kind of human need to understand more and to learn more I feel like as humans we all we all want to learn over time like we, we love learning and I think with myths it's just they're, they're just so interesting I just don't know what it is like they're just very interesting to read to watch to listen to like as as we said we grew up loving like Percy Jackson like all the yeah. Percy Jackson fans <laughs> Um, all the um, Greek myths and everything so I think it's something that really starts from when you're young and then right now I don't know why it's blown up but I think it's carried on it's because a lot of people are bored of the stories that we're hearing today <laughs> and like yeah. news and all that and sometimes it's it's nice to sort of sort of just go back and see what other people sort of like consumed and and you know they're really interesting stories that feel new just because there's something that we didn't directly sort of learn yeah like, you know you can watch cartoons which are I guess could be a form of mythology depending on what you um you watch but I guess there's so much that you can learn from the past myths because normally those myths came with a story or moral yeah. that they're sort of trying to teach people and I guess now is a good time to sort of go back and sort of learn what they were trying to teach or see what lessons can be learned mm-hmm. and applied to our lives now and I think especially with like African myths and the African diaspora I think there's like there's been this big surge of people wanting to like learn more about themselves and go through this kind of self-discovery and I think the myths are a really good way of kind of you know understanding how your ancestors thought and how you know history has kind of grown over the years and mm-hmm. That's especially why I think um, a lot of people that listen to our stories are attracted to them because it's like, it helps them to understand oh, where I came from and, you know, what people used to think and mm-hmm. everything. Um, and they can yeah. see themselves in it as yeah. well. Yeah, um, so it's a lot about self-discovery, I think, as well. Yeah. Having something that's yours. Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. But also, like, shared with so many other people with yeah. that same yeah. heritage. Yeah, I think myths bring, like, this really cool sense of community like mm. if not for like us being interested in myths and you being interested in myths we wouldn't be like sat here yeah talking today and it's just really cool to you know yeah. to have that, that community yeah. and it's that shared experience yeah. as well um freedom and I think it's something that can never really die because it's as long as people remember the stories and can tell the stories it'll just the cycle will just carry on it's just yeah it's really cool I think things are becoming more accessible now as well. Like Mm -hmm. me and Charlotte both have a book with African myths and legends in it, which maybe going back 30 years, we wouldn't have been able to walk into a bookshop and find. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And it it does make it a lot easier um, now that things are, you know, written down a lot more. And it means also new authors can sort of write down um, more things before it's sort of lost in, um tradition or lost in time sort of now is a really good time that with more people having access to resources to write things or to say things it means that it can be sort of recorded in history and then other people can take it and sort of share it as well yeah like there's so many cool books out now all about like inspired by myths and everything my favorite is definitely love and color I love that one that's I know, a great one. Yeah, yeah I, I I listened to the episode where you talked about it briefly. It's such a good one, isn't it? I love yeah, it. It's a yeah. Beautiful book. 
like we had Sarah Elarifi on as well and she has a character in one of her books that's inspired by Anansi yeah and then sort of hearing her say that it's like okay I don't know who he is I now want to go and look him up and now I do know who he is so it's so easy for it there's more of a platform for writers of kind of different colors and different backgrounds in general to bring in those inspirations into what they're writing and then people will naturally want to go and look it up because as you said we love to learn yeah and what's good about that is that it also brings about different character archetypes um and and it sort of adds that level of complexity to the characters that they're creating that you wouldn't necessarily have if everyone's sharing from the same resources or same Mm -hmm. sources or character depictions only um so yes it, it it helps I guess um writers diversify their inspiration as well do you think you'll ever go into a lot of Egyptian myths because it is African, but it's also, it, I find Egypt's a weird one because it's yeah. African, but it's also not necessarily treated in the same way as yeah. other African myths are. Like, yeah, it's, that's it's a really good point because even when we like research, like, you know, different African myths, it's always African than Egyptian. It's kind of like, then they're yeah. never within the same thing. Yeah, it's either that or Egyptian mythology takes all the space yes. of African yeah. mythology mm, in yeah. certain books. And it's it's a really interesting thing because yeah. like, they do have a really um, big pantheon, yeah. very complex pantheon. Um, but I guess us learning more about it is that, you know, there's the Egyptian sort of like the, um, the well-known version of it. And then there's sort of like a more uh, nuanced version of it. So like the same deities, they could have different names where they were part of like um the Kemetic um like mm-hmm. tradition or mythology instead and slightly different names slightly different stories but it just means there's an origin that they sort of came yeah. by as the culture sort of evolved and we're a bit more interested now in sort of finding out the under stories and how yeah. that sort of evolved and you know how interesting those ones are rather than the really well-known um and yeah. publicized versions that take up a lot of space in, um, I guess, the conversation of African mythology. Before we get into goodbyes, is there another artist that you really love, who you can shout out, who maybe does mythological or historical inspired artwork? Yes, there's uh, an American artist, I believe she's American, called um, Harmonia Rosales. And she, um, so her Instagram is ho. N-E-I-E-E. And she does these beautiful paintings of yeah. um based on it's mainly based on like the Yoruba Pantheon um, of Mauritius, but her style is very classical and yeah. it's just it's so beautiful because it's like when you think of that style of painting and that style of artwork, you usually see like it done you know, with the yeah. Uh, yes yeah yes, it's her yes. um yes yes that's her yeah, so yeah. some of the works look so classical but with depictions in ways that you wouldn't necessarily yeah. see mm. so she's depicting as Adra said you know like the Yoruba mm-hmm. pantheon and their stories in a really nuanced ways yeah but it's so beautifully presented and it's and it's inspired by like the kind of you know the renaissance kind of style of painting it's just yeah it's, it's really, really cool. inspirational yeah, it's and really cool. it's like grand and yeah we just absolutely love it and yeah, it inspires us what's interesting about the first one that comes up it says a glimpse of Obatala in his studio creating Eve from clay and that's really interesting because in Greek myth 
man was made from clay yeah 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 Yeah. and yeah I think that's sort of that weave um that's you know goes through different stories um and there's probably something in it it being like clay or sort of earth being one of the primary elements that people had to grapple with and Mm -hmm. and sort of or be able to create or mold into something so you can only imagine that if a human had to be created from something out of nothing ish it would be through this clay or earth yeah and I think there was also an interesting point you mentioned in there's another one of your episodes um, when you were talking about the the kind of Obatala um, creation story. Yeah, and, the Yoruba creation. Yeah, and you said that um, it's co- it's kind of interesting how you know when we pass away, we kind of we bury we bury our dead or we kind of cremate our dead, and it's kind of that whole cycle of going back into the earth and like from where we came. So it's quite it's like a circle of life type of thing. It's quite cool. <laughs> yeah. Just thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. We had so much fun with you and hopefully we'll get to hang out again in the future. Definitely, definitely. definitely. So if someone would like to learn more about African myths, apart from your podcast, where Mm. would you recommend that they started? Because your podcast, obviously. (laughs) Obviously, obviously. obviously, (laughs) Obviously, uh, Afro myths. um there's this podcast called stories mother told which is really good they tell um different african folk tales yeah they're like really short but it's really nice and you sort of get the message and um it's really nice so i'd say yeah definitely start with that it's really nice light-hearted one i can't promise there's no cannibalism but you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm here for the cannibalism i can promise you (laughs) well i clearly i'm interested in it because that's the ones (laughs) i keep listening to Yeah, other than that, um, we do have sort of um, book recommendations of, you know, where people can sort of start with mythology. If you mm-hmm. want to start with sort of something similar to Percy Jackson, if it's something that, you know, it's what got us into sort of myths, you have like Children of Blood and Bone or Skin of the Deep. And those books sort of explore African mythology, but in a really um, beautiful way and, yeah. and, you know, storytelling and sort of weaved into the world that they've built. Um, yeah. Other than that, there's, you know, the resources like the ones that you have um, and the really expensive but so amazing encyclopedia of um, African, African religion. religion yeah. um, I which... saw your I saw your video about getting that. Yeah, I saw how expensive it was as well. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's, it's, it's expensive. expensive but it's such a good resource like it is so extensive um, so I'd say definitely I want to say if you, I mean it's, it's expensive so if you can't you know afford it then that's why we're here to tell the stories but it's a good one yeah I'd if, say it's you, worth the money I think schools especially should be able to get a book like that yeah so that someone can yeah. um, delve into it if they wanted to I don't think many people go to libraries anymore but libraries should have a yeah. they, they definitely have a Greek and Roman section definitely. it wouldn't be wouldn't be that much harder to have an African section yeah, yeah. it's so true do you have any projects that you're working on that you can talk about? Ooh. That is a good one. Um, in terms of paintings or just like projects in general? Just in general, where people can support you. Oh, okay. Let's, so uh, we do have like a new series that we're 
trying to do on YouTube where we're, we are exploring the pantheons in like more detail. So aside from our podcast, we, we also want to like do some videos on YouTube. Um, so we have a new series called African um, Religion and Mythology. Um, so we're, we're trying to go through every pantheon in the continent and do like a quick crash course yeah. um, on them. So I think that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that um, I guess our artwork, you can always support by either getting a print, original, um, um, any of that. We currently we did a little project to do with nfts um with our with our artwork which um is really nice for earth day so you know watch that space we're probably going to do a bit more um yeah in in that, in that space we do stickers which everyone loves <laughs> um, yeah cute stickers based on the paintings that we've done but they're like really like cute like yeah. chibi versions <laughs> we'd have to there. send you guys some <laughs> And where can people buy them? Is that all on your website? On our website. Yeah, everything is on our website. Website, Etsy as well. You yeah. can get some stuff on Etsy for those who love Etsy. So what's your uh, website name? Oh, adachi.com. Ad- it's very Ad- simple. www.adachi.com. <laughs> this is my moment to say I have one of your mugs. Oh. Yes, I do. Oh, We love that. <laughs> well, that's yes. good that she told me that because I was going to buy her one. So Yeah, I do. <laughs> Which one did you get? The one with the three faces. Oh, that's so amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's after we discovered you and arranged that we were going to do it. I was like, I'm going to get a mug. Oh, it was a good way you. to support you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Honestly, and that's so beautiful. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Where else can people go online to follow you and listen to your podcast? Um, So we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google yeah. Podcasts amazon podcast. yeah um, almost anywhere you can find podcasts yeah should be there um yeah youtube as well audible audible yeah yeah and if you just want to listen to other forms of content tiktok instagram yeah because we uh, provide visuals for that yeah. so yeah and pinterest well on pinterest <laughs> oh wow you're you are literally everywhere well, basically everywhere you can't get rid of us <laughs> we will take the time to find links to everything your shop your youtube your actual podcast as well and we'll put everything in our episode description so that it is really easy for people to just click and find whatever they want from you that would be amazing appreciate that thank you so much you're welcome thanks for hanging out with us today and again special thanks to adjua and solomon from afro mythos Follow us on Instagram at Demythifying the Podcast for more episodes. And if you're liking what we're doing, please rate us and subscribe. Check out our website at www.demythpod.co.uk. I've been Charlotte, she's been Lauren, and today we've been joined by Afro Mythos. <laughs>